this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. A lot of times, like what people say is like, if we're focusing on the future, that will lead to anxiety because it's not here. It's really difficult to just be present and focus on the here and now. I think everyone probably had so many amazing, positive plans for 2020 and look what happened. So it's like, how far does it really get us worrying into the future? Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. So today I am joined by Morgan Corbett, who is currently working towards her doctorate in clinical psychology and fiancéed up to NFL player JT Thomas. Morgan is committed to helping individuals practice healthy mental health habits, which you guys all know I am super passionate about. So Morgan, welcome to the show. It's amazing to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor. I am so excited to talk and hopefully give your listeners something that is helpful and useful and have a good conversation with you, girl. Of course, absolutely. You know, the first time I connected with you and I see it now too, like you literally have this like internal glow that shines from within you and you can really um, see it. So it's super special. I just wanted to tell you that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I loved connecting with you the first time. It was, you know, sometimes you just talk to people and it's as though you already knew each other. Mm. You know, it doesn't take a lot to get to know someone or warm up. And we kind of had that connection. So I agree. I I I love everything you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So first of all, um, where did this journey into desiring to help individuals and moving into, um, you know, supporting others in their mental health really come from for you? Um, you know, I think emotionally it came just as who I am as a person. I always felt connected. I always felt, and I was always very curious about how I was feeling, how other people were feeling. Um, and that led me to end up studying psychology and my senior year of high school. And from there, you know, I'm like, okay, well, this is something that I'll study in college. And then, okay, maybe I want to be a doctor. And it just felt like it was my purpose, what I was here to do. So it was like a no brainer. And I felt a huge blessing in that though. And just knowing what I felt like I'm here to do. Where mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle and they look for that where it was just, it was the only option I had. It just, it made sense. It's what I love to do, to help people and to help people understand things because at the end of the day it's all about gaining an understanding and gaining insight yeah I hear you completely that is me all over um you know anyone that knows me even knows like I get so frustrated when people don't know what they want to do and it's because I can relate to like so many different people there's so many things that they've been through but that one like I feel like God really blessed me from super early that I already knew like why I was here and I already kind of knew like okay, what my service was and how I could move into that. Um, and I think it's actually really special. And I do feel um, really grateful because mm-hmm. people get to, um, you know, whatever age and still don't know actually like why they're here and what they're supposed to right. do. Um, and at the same time, at the same time, it does take you praying over and it definitely takes you figuring mm-hmm. it out um, and actually yeah. doing something about it. But it's one thing um, that I relate to you so much on because I've always felt that as well. You know, I went to study psychology because I knew that I wanted to either do like counseling, therapy, some type, some type of, um, 
you know, moving into how the mind works in human behavior. Um, and I think that it was just a beautiful path that I was able to go down so naturally. And it seems that you were able to naturally go down that too. Yeah. So I love to give my listeners like actionable advice. I want them to walk away feeling that they have, um, they, they have tools that they can take in their life. And as you know, a lot of my listeners mm-hmm. um, are partners of pro athletes that are going after their own dream and supporting their partners in going after theirs too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you'll be able to relate to this, but personally, something that I feel is I have a tendency to live in the future. Like my thoughts, like, hey, where are we going to be next? And how would I pack that place up? And should I do this? And should I do that in business? And of course, that then leads to feelings of anxiousness. (laughs) Yeah, which then then can lead to, you know, different behaviors that um, are out of alignment of actually who I am and how I show up. But when I Mm -hmm. get into that spiral, um, you know, the the anxiousness comes up and then, you know, the the reactivity comes up um, to different to in different situations as well. So can you please share with us the psychology behind this? Because I think that a lot of us actually experience this, but we don't really know like what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, like what people say is like, if we're focusing on the future, um, like that will lead to anxiety because it's not here. It's mm-hmm. really difficult to just be present sometimes and focus on the here and now, because when we think too far ahead. And when we try to plan, I mean, this year is a perfect example. I think everyone probably had so many amazing, positive plans for 2020 and look what happened. So it's like, how far does it really get us worrying into the future? So one thing that I try to do is because I can relate, this does happen to me as well. I'm always anticipating, but sometimes anticipation can be healthy and it's good because we do need to be prepared and to, you know, expect what's next. But it's to the point where when it becomes like worry or it becomes like these repetitive thoughts or things that distract you or interfere with your relationships, that's when you start to realize, okay, what can I do to be a little bit more present? So something that I do, if I'm having like racing thoughts or I'm like thinking too much about something and I can just kind of feel it. Because for me, anxiety is kind of like a a stomach, gut type of feeling. Like it's physical for me. So something I like to do is like write down some of the things that I have in my head or try to, um, sometimes I'll write them as a prayer. And sometimes I'll just write them as if like I'm just like taking notes. And for me, sometimes that gives me some kind of like relief to get it like out of my body and like down on paper. So Mm -hmm. like so connected with you. Another thing you can do is, and this seems so simple, but I, since, well, for like the past year, I've I've really, really been like committed to like exercise and routine. And I notice it helps so much. And everyone always says that, but it's really true. Like it really can take a lot of the angst and some of those feelings away. Those Mm -hmm. are things that I feel like even now when I can't control anything else, I can still write things down. I can still exercise even if I'm outside on my patio and I can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? We have to focus on the things that we can control and not let ourselves overly um, worry about the things that we can't. And then also being able to recognize the two, because if you have a, if you have a misunderstanding about what you can control and what you can't, you're going to end up in a sticky situation and you have to be 
mindful about like where your thoughts are and understand. Yeah. The distinction between like you can be prepared and it's good to anticipate, you know, what's going to happen, especially, you know, the certain um, experiences that partners of athletes already go through. So they do know what to kind of expect mm-hmm. um, and allowing yourself to anticipate rather than like be anxious over the situation um, yeah. is a really good distinguishing factor for me. Um I hear you with the routine. And again, I think that's why so many women um, either like don't move forward and pursue something for themselves or they're like crippled with the fear instead because, you know, they have a certain routine and the routine is normally cultivated around the game. So right now, for example, the game stopped and it, you know, the, for a lot of, for a lot of um, players, partners, it's like they feel that their life has stopped um, yeah. as well. But, so, and, that, and that's what reality feels like, though, because that is mm-hmm. the way that that we live. Yeah, when the game is going, mm-hmm. and being able to like have that structure outside of the game, and being able to mm-hmm. um, have your own routine. Uh, and I agree, like working out is something that I put at the top of my day. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely got me through a really hard time in in my life as well. So it's something that I I maintain on top yeah. of in order to really be um, my best self. Yes. So the metacognition of like, we actually get to control our thoughts. We do. Is so much easier said. Right. Than done. And, and, and I'll say it's like both. We do, but we don't. So when we talk about like metacognition, that's like thinking about our thinking, right? Which is important. And we shouldn't just like, it shouldn't just be like this mindless thing. We, we can't necessarily control like our initial thoughts, but we can recognize them and we can change them. You know what I mean? And that's a big part of um, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, like understanding your thoughts and then giving yourself the power to either accept them or change them and say, you know what, this is my thought, but it's not true. Here's something else. You know, you can replace a bad thought with a good thought. Yeah. Let's go into that a little bit deeper. So Right now, if someone is conscious that they are consistently maybe having um, a negative thought or a thought that they really do feel like is holding them back and they desire Mm -hmm. to change it, what would you say the steps are really to do that? Well, there's a a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, But one way in in CBT in particular is like there's this concept of like finding the evidence. So say the bad thought is... um, I will never get into um, medical school, so I'm not going to try. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, then you have to ask yourself, okay, this is my negative thought. It's holding me back, but where's the evidence for that thought? You know what I mean? Did you actually try? Did you actually um, apply and get denied? Did you study? You know what I mean? If there's nothing that leads up to say, hey, this thought is a fact, then by looking at the evidence or so is what we call it, then you can say to yourself, okay, well, maybe this thought isn't true. So that way, maybe I can just change it into something else. Like, instead of I'm never getting to medical school, it might be really hard to get into medical school, but I'm still going to try my hardest. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's many different ways to address thoughts. I'm really big on um, positive self-talk versus negative self-talk. And just like, Mm -hmm. more importantly, like that we say to ourselves, like, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, this is my fault, and like finding better things to say because if we can't control what other people say about us, but 
what we say to ourselves over and over in our brain really leaves a lasting impact. And we should really focus on one, noticing when you're saying something or you're having a bad thought about yourself. And then, okay, what can I say that's like positive that would like lift me up and make me feel better? Even mm. if you don't necessarily believe it at the time, it's still, you're still going to feel it. Yeah. Because your internal being and what's going on inside is literally just a reflection of the outside world. You know, this is um, so much of the work that I do with my clients in terms of every single emotion mm -hmm. has like a vibration to it. Yeah. And if you've got low vibration thoughts and that's going to lead to low vibration emotions and therefore you're going to be taking low vibrational actions, you're going to be making low mm -hmm. vibe behaviors. Low but energy, just... Yeah. Exactly. So it's really important for us to recognize it. And then, as you said, like start evaluating it. Like what mm -hmm. about this actually is true? And if I could think mm -hmm. of another thought and if I could act in a different way, what would I start to do? Right. And, you know, Morgan, I think that a lot of people get confused with, okay, but I can start saying this and I can start acting like this, but mm -hmm. that's not inside of my head. And they want that like short term instant gratification, but we know. It's not like that. So what would you say to that person? I would say to that person, it, it's hard work and it takes time because we get ourselves stuck, stuck in these situations or these feelings, these bad thoughts, but we didn't just get there yesterday. Like we've probably been thinking this way for maybe weeks, maybe years. You know what I mean? So just imagine you kind of have to do the same work on the opposite to get the same result. So yeah. just know that it, it isn't, there is no quick fix. Yeah, there is no quick fix. No and the, the, um, when I was speaking about vibration before, yeah. about people are consistently like, hey, why do things take so long for me? Or why doesn't that work for me? It's like, mm -hmm. do you know what you're saying to yourself? <laughs> That's why. That is why it's not working. That's why it's taking so long because the the high vibrational thoughts and the high vibrational emotions actually mm -hmm. allow you know things better physically um, to pour in actually a lot quicker and a lot a lot faster so you've got like 100%. this scientific um psychology behind like exactly what i preach and exactly what i always speak about and say because you know i believe that god wants us to live a completely fulfilled um life and to yes. you know be at a very high vibration um, to live life abundantly you know what i mean if we compare you know, what, what the Bible says and what he says, I'm a firm believer in our ability and authority to speak things into existence. We do it all the time with negative thoughts and negative feelings. We can mm -hmm. say something or think something and put ourselves in a bad mood. So what, what makes us believe that we don't have the, the power to do just the opposite? It's, it's a little harder. It's a little harder, but we can. Absolutely. So as you just said, that God wants us to live a life of abundance. And it doesn't always need to be that we like spot a negative thought and then we choose to change it. It's also about like maintaining the, the life that you're currently living and making sure that you actually don't go into a negative spiral and don't allow uh, the negative thoughts to really out, outweigh the positive thoughts. Morgan, what are some um, like daily healthy mental health habits that you do to make sure that you're on top of this uh, and really live a life of abundance? Well, you mentioned a really good word, um, maintain. So sometimes we just have to accept where we are um, and allow ourselves to feel and have certain things. You know, just because I have a bad thought 
um, doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I need to, oh, I need to change this. And no, sometimes you need to just look, this is how I'm feeling right now. Acceptance day to day, accept yourself, accept the feelings that you have in don't always feel like you have to be something else. You know, it's okay to have a sad day. It's okay to have a happy day. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I think, especially as women, we just think we have to be something different than what we are, what we feel, whether that's how we look, how we feel. I think a good thing is just acceptance. So I try to practice acceptance each day. Like I'm sad today. And if I can accept that, then I can be more open to maybe even sharing that. And then thus other people accepting how I feel. But if I'm not accepting my sadness and I'm hiding it, like one, I can't get any support from anyone else. So it's just, it's like a bad cycle we put ourselves in. Um, that's one thing I for sure would recommend. Something else too, I mean, coming from a spiritual place, because that's just who I am, is prayer and opening the Bible and looking at the word and seeing what God says about me and about life. And a huge thing that I love to do um, I love to, and I even just use like Google for this. I'll search like whatever topic that I'm like feeling that day, like um, uh, in-laws or um, finances. What does the Bible say about being a wife? What does the Bible say about alcohol? What does the Bible say about, you know what I mean? And I'll just go and look and then I'm like, that's my research. Have you been on my Google search lately? No. No. (laughs) There's a website. I think it's called like openbible.com. I'm always doing that. Instead of like getting advice from other people, sometimes I'm like, let me just like search what the Bible says. Cause you don't always know where to look for exactly what you want to, what you're thinking about or wondering about. So that's something I do to like get what I feel like is the most, I mean, the only truest (laughs) advice, not even advice, just the truth. So that's something I do that kind of, I feel like relieves me and makes me feel like, okay, this is the knowledge I need to have. Like, how do I apply this to my life now? That's a whole nother story. but. That's something I love to do. It sounds like maybe you do that too. (laughs) Yeah. Something that you said about acceptance. I never realized that I actually use this technique of coming to acceptance with it. But the first thing that um, I do after praying and meditating in the morning is when I get my journal out, um, the first page is normally about like just how I feel. And that can be like, you know, I feel so tired. I feel drained. Mm -hmm. I feel pressurized. Like I write that all out. Um, And then the next page, I usually go into like everything that I actually am expressing gratitude for. And I heard a really cool quote the other day um, about like, you can be in gratitude and it still doesn't mean that you need to be happy about a certain situation. Like, am I super grateful for um, my my partner, Kenji, I'm super grateful that I'm going to be getting married. So I'm super grateful that I have like this, this amazing relationship. Yes. But am I super unhappy that I'm not getting the, not doing the wedding of my dreams? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can be in, I can be in both. And also that is okay. And I think that when I even look at the mm-hmm. notes, like side by side, I'm like, ah, I can be feeling like this, but also still um, be, be grateful for things as well. And I never realized like it was actually coming from a place of, oh yeah, I'm accepting how I feel. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm allowing it to be. 
Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy, are now open. I know, exciting times. This is a six months coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months, and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high-level coaching and mentoring from me, myself, and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split up into three departments, reality, riches, and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you. I love that. I love accepting more than one thing because I think that's important too. We can be extremely grateful for our family and for our home and still be very unhappy about an aspect of our life. You know what I mean? That doesn't negate or cancel out one or the other. It's just a part of that like acceptance. You know, you can be nervous and trusting of the Lord at the same time. You know what I mean? So what's the difference between when someone feels like, or what, no, maybe not what's the difference. What have you seen is the link between when someone may mm-hmm. actually have like a lot of areas in their life, which they do feel fulfilled in, mm-hmm. but maybe because one or two areas um, are not going the way that they planned, like that makes them feel like a complete failure. Mm-hmm. What do you see is the, the link between those two things? Oh, I mean, that could be a lot of, a lot of different things. And I tend to, I tend to see things from like a psychodynamic perspective. So I would be you know, really wondering about like a lot of past things like with that person. And that would take a lot in terms of like an actual link. I mean, it brings me back to the idea of like, and I struggle with this, like perfectionism, um, feeling like if I don't do like kind of like all or nothing thinking, whereas like either I'm like, I have to do it like really, really good, whether that's a number of aspects or one thing, or if not, then like, I'm not good at all. And I'm a failure. And honestly, that's just, that's just what we would call like a type of thinking style that's unhelpful. So realize mm-hmm. so one way to address that is just, okay, well, what is it that makes you think that just because one part of your life isn't working out that you're a failure, you know, trying to really figure out with that person, where does that, where does that thought come from? You mm-hmm. know, is it like an all or nothing type of mentality for that person? Do they feel like if they don't do everything right, then nothing is right? You know, mm. if you think that way, and as I do, sometimes, like I said, it puts you in a really tough spot because either then you're perfect or you're not, and I'm not perfect. So a lot of times you just end up feeling like, okay, well, once again, I'm not meeting the standard that I set for myself when maybe that standard is just too high to begin with. Yeah. It's like we set ourselves up for disappointment. If we do that, this was such a big lesson for me. Like when I was growing up, I always tried oh to be you know, perfect in 
every single thing. And, you know, I mean, I did a pretty good job for a while. I just was like felt shit inside at the yeah. same time. Um, and when I moved into entrepreneurship, I realized, okay, well, entrepreneurship, I'm not going to be able to be perfect in it because there's definitely not a perfect way to do it. Um, and even now, like I'll set things for myself. And if I don't, if I don't achieve them or exceed them, I'll feel like failure, even though I could have done like the most amazing other things whilst, whilst trying to achieve something. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's so important for us to be conscious of it. And as you said, it's not helpful thinking. Like it's yeah. thinking in a way that you're really setting yourself up for, um, the feeling of actually being a personal failure. Yeah. I mean, we can maybe get really close to feeling perfect at times for things, but I say more than often, we probably end up feeling like, wow, I really just like screwed that up. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I didn't meet that expectation, you know, and, and why not just give ourselves a little bit of grace? And I think as women too, that's another big word. Like we deserve more grace, especially from ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing that the outside world um, look at inside to the athlete world is that it's perfect and we for sure know that mm -hmm. it is not it comes with so many imperfections um yeah. and I know that you uh, and JT have been together since that you guys met in college right I met him right as I was starting grad school so right after college mm. and there was a period in your relationship where that you guys were doing long distance, you were yeah. continuing with your studies and he was actually playing. Like, mm -hmm. how was that experience for you? It was tough. It was really hard. It's a different relationship for sure. You know what I mean? It's almost like, I mean, I, I, it, I'm glad that the timing of it was in the beginning of our relationship because in the beginning I was, I was committed to myself and to my education. Whereas like, had things not been there, I decided later I can see how difficult it is for women to try to go back and do something like that for themselves. Whereas I was in a place where it was kind of still all about me. You know, I'm coming out of college. I'm, I'm like, okay, I meet you. I like you, but I'm going to go to school regardless, you know? So over those years, um, it was tough because I mean, I wanted, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to do well in school, but you know, I'm also, you know, really kind of getting serious into this relationship, although it's long distance, but you know, we're keeping in contact, we see each other, um, but it's tough. It's like uncertain, you know, like mm -hmm. as an athlete, there's already so many uncertainties and not living in the same state or city with them brings even more, you know what I mean? And you have to be realistic. Yeah. You don't always know, you don't know what's happening, you know? So when I say trial and error, like, yes, we were dating and we were, you know, we were trying to make things work, but we always, I always said that it will, we always knew that it would never be as serious as it potentially could be like until I can get to where he is, you know, but we were always just like, if we, if I finish school and that's where we are, then we'll address it then. But until then we're just going to keep going with the way things are and, and see what happens. But there were no yeah. guarantees, you know? And there are not, there's no guarantees with anything in life, you no. know, there, there really isn't. And I love what you said about you really committed to yourself and something that I know that you yeah. um, said in an uh, interview that I was listening to you is that you said that when people grow individually mm -hmm. and not together, they literally grow apart. And I was like, oh my days, like so true because 
I was doing my, um, I was studying psychology and mm-hmm. Kenji had moved to um, Swansea, which was basically four hours away. Mm-hmm. And I was also committed to doing my own thing and actually like getting my, getting my degree. But at the same time, like, you know, it was like he was already grown up because he just moved into his first place and he was just, you know, thinking that he was an absolute baller at the time. Uh, and I remember like feeling like, oh my gosh, like we really are going um, our separate ways. And it wasn't that I didn't know they were coming, that they were coming back, but it was like, we are on different paths. And when people are on different paths, you know, you do go in two different um, directions and you do have different milestones that aren't together. And there was definitely so many um, challenges that me and Kenji faced in our relationship. Thank God that, um, you know, we are where we are today. And I know that that was all for a reason, but how did you navigate that? Because, you know, you said it was at the start of your relationship and that, I think that even takes more like, I, like Kenji locked me in for the past six years before he moved away. Right. So like my heart was already like pounding for him, but you know, you just literally fell in love with this guy. Yes. How did you maintain to, okay, yeah, commit to yourself and grow individually, but also start blossoming this relationship together? I'm not going to lie. It was probably the hardest part, like, of, like, like, growing up, kind of, like, it was a, such a different type of relationship and, and feelings and emotions than, like, I had ever experienced prior. So I would never minimize, like, the, the challenge and the difficulty of maintaining that long distance relationship over four years, the rigor and the, um, the intensity of like this, what I was studying and like the time I had to spend plus like literally trying to have this relationship flying out of town, like, you know, every couple of weeks trying to see him. Oh my God, it was so hard. I literally almost lost it at certain points. Like, I'm not going to act like I just, it was a walk in the park. It was not, it was so hard. But one thing I always told myself was no matter what I do, if it's no matter what I do or don't do, if this is meant to be, if me and JT are meant to be together, however things work out, like it will just work out. I won't have to force it. We won't have to like fight through this. Like it will just be if it's meant to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, and I used to pray too. And I used to ask God, God, like I'm struggling. Like, this is a lot. Like, if this is not meant to be, please, please show me like, you know, quick in the process and stop me flying left, right and center. The light, you know, because my mom always taught me when I was younger, you never want to want anything that's not in God's will. So I'm praying. I'm like, God, please like, whatever's in your will, just please direct me. I'm trying to stay on your path. This is so hard. If JT is not the one for me, can you please get rid of him? Cause he, this is stressing me out. I love this man. I think help me Lord. I don't know. You know? So I'm like, <laughs> Lord, if he's not the one, get rid of him. Cause this is too much. So lo and be, I mean, Hey, he's still here. So I'm like, God bless me. He knew what I needed. It's not always about what you want. But like we needed each other. He has what I need and I have what he needs and it just worked out. But prayer and almost losing my mind. That's how I made it. And then, you know, (laughs) he definitely needed you after those four years because then you moved in with him. Absolutely. Uh, And I guess that that experience wasn't what you expected either. So share with us more about that. Yeah. So we, we, um, uh, it was a bumpy road right before we moved in together too. But I was just like, okay. Things feel like they're lining up and this is still right. I get there 
um, in the summer, moved to New Jersey. Um, JT was starting with the Giants. Oh, it was crazy trying to find an apartment or like living in the hotel room um, in camp. And then shortly into the season, he tears his ACL in, in Dallas. I, I, yeah, Dallas. I remember I was watching it on the TV at one of my friend's house. And that changed everything. That changed everything. Um, wow. You in dealing with a serious injury and surgery with this big, strong man who you just feel like, you know, can handle any kind of pain and is just so strong. It was like, whoa, it was, it was really hard to see him like that and in that much pain and to see his role and identity shift. And then realizing that, wow, my role and my identity is shifting too. And all of that was really hard. But I think what helped was having like the support of the girls, the ladies on the team and being able to like talk to them. And like so many of them understood and had either gone through that before or were just there to like listen. So that really helped. But that was super hard. That was so hard. That was crazy. And we haven't haven't played since then, really. I mean, it took him a year to recover um, from the ACL. And then after that, you know, just overcompensating, using other things he had issues with his groin, um, um, his ankle. Um, it's just, it's devastating to, to see someone in that position, you know what I mean? Where you physically. So this is something that's actually really, um, new that I've not spoken about on the podcast before. And I think that it actually will be a real service to, um, so many of the, um, wives, girlfriends, fiancés, significant others, um, personally, like I'm lucky, I'm blessed and I touch wood um, but I've never seen my partner go through um, a severe industry. The biggest thing that I've seen is for his teeth to get knocked out and I was having an absolute panic attack over um, that. So for someone who is so soulful and you're, you're so bright, not just like internally, but externally as well, but you're also dealing with all of these ups and downs, like how did you actually deal and how did you cope um, with still being able to have um, like a beautiful relationship and be able to connect with your man when, you know, his head is, I'm in pain. I don't know what the heck is going to be happening. How am I going to provide like all of these things? Like what did you do as a woman and um, a wife to be to really make that process as smooth as possible? Well, it was, it was hard. I'm going to be completely honest. Like it took like a, like a self check, you know what I mean? Because like I was, there were moments where I felt like kind of selfish, like this isn't fair. Like this isn't fun. I wanted to go to games. Like I wanted to hang out with my friends. Like, oh my gosh, like I finally get here to live like this, you know, the NFL life I've been missing out for the past four years. I've been going to games, but now I'm here and, oh, you know, this sucks. But look, I'm 20. 26 at this time and it just it was like okay reality check you know like why do you why do you think you're here why do you think that now is the time then out of out of all these years he's been playing now he gets hurt and you're here you think god just did this on accident no you're here this is the role god wants you to play right now put your big girl panties up shut up help the man get out of your feelings talk to your friends get support cry when you need to you know what I mean? Have a glass of wine, but this is what it is. You know what I mean? But it, it took me a minute where I was like kind of fighting it and just like really upset. You know, we had boxes everywhere. He couldn't help me unpack. Like, so that's just me being honest. Like, look, I went through my own kind of internal little thing, but I checked myself and I was like, okay, 
It's not about you. Like, you know, you just don't be selfish. It's not about you. Why are you here? Yes, you were being a therapist and you were helping people, um, you know, before you moved here from Chicago and you were on externship, but God brought you here now. This is where you are. Um, So play the role while you're here and figure out what God's purpose is. Um, And that is hard, but it's like it took some maturity to understand that this was my assignment for the time being. It was temporary, but get through it because it will make both of us stronger. You know what I mean? And and we argued like we had difficult times through that, but also like some of the best times in our relationship came from those moments too, because JT took a lot of time to like really kind of dive deep and get um, into his relationship. Like with God, I think this is around the time when he ended up getting baptized in the the um the giants workout pool so like we were just on like journeys you know what i mean and god was in the midst of it and like i think if he wouldn't have been there it would have been to our demise it would have been destructive we're both been to into our own feelings and self to to be able to understand like what was actually happening you know what i mean so it was a big lesson for me to learn like wow okay it's not all about me you know um which life had been you know, for mm-hmm. the part. Um, but the, you know, it takes a lot of selflessness and just, you have to do things you don't want to do at times. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, God took you through seasons to develop strength. Um, and then the seasons yeah. of success as well. And it's so important for us to realize that when we are going through those seasons where we feel like we're being strengthened and um, to continue to check ourselves like you said like where yeah. am I not showing up as my best self here where am I showing up which I know is out of alignment with the word word like why am I um feeling like this and allow yourself to actually be able then also get over it um and actually make the most out of all um all the situations um all the situations so yeah. I hear um, this beautiful journey that you have gone on. Uh, and I know that you are committed to growth in all areas of your life. So what do you see is next? I know that the marriage and the wedding is on its way for you. Um, yes. But what would be your next season of success, let's say? Uh, yes. I mean, the marriage, all that, that's going to happen. I would love to I would love to have a family. I would. Um, when it comes to my career, you know, the next thing I have is, you know, I'm defending this dissertation. Finally get that out of the way. It's, you know, that the process has been long, but timing, you know, mm-hmm. again, I'm just like trusting God. I can't fight it. Um, I would love to have my own practice. I would love to be in a position where I could employ others, also have this big you know, platform where people can view mental health in a different way and a way where it's accessible in a way where people can understand in a way that touches um, certain minority um, populations as well. Like, I think it's really important for people to see someone who looks like me, someone of color in this position, um, just because there's so much stigma, I think, in our community around mental health. Like, is it real? Is it not? And then if I do feel like I need help, like, is my family going to like ridicule me or like, is this acceptable? So I really want to fight and work towards that. Um, I can see myself um, writing some kind of like devotional um, mental health twisted um, pamphlet type book thing. I kind of have already written one, but I think I would like to share it 
um, and see if that is something that, you know, people would. Oh my gosh, we would love to read it. Yeah. So it would be kind of a, a mix between like mental health topics and like prayers and just, I don't know, it's, it's personal to me, but I feel like hopefully that would resonate with others. So that's something that I've been thinking about as well. Something that I can kind of work on as I'm in the midst of like finishing this degree and then, you know, figuring out what's going to be next for me. But I see business for sure. And Honestly, those ideas sound amazing. I definitely want to get my hands on that book. I know that you've already wrote it because I can just see it all over you. Um, and I know that my podcast listeners would as well. So where can they connect more with you? You can find me on Instagram. So I'm at Dr. Dr. Period Moco, Dr. Moco. Um, and everyone always asks, it's funny, I'll just explain like, who, what is Moco? Who's Moco? It's just the first two letters of my first name, Morgan, and the last two letters of my last name, Moco. It started like in high school and it is not dying. Like people are going to start calling me Moco Thomas next when I get married. Moco, long live Moco. But you can find me there, Dr. Moco. My DMs are open. Um, reach out. I think you can email me there. Um, but I'm I'm accessible. I'm down to talk to anyone, answer questions. And as soon as I do finish that book, you will be the first to know. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in as always. And you know, this topic is such a message that needs to be put out on such a bigger scale. And I know that my episodes of entrepreneurs and then like inspiration um, and motivation, they get shared, but I want this to be the most shared episode. So if you can help me to make that happen by taking a screenshot of the episode, uploading it to your stories and then tagging me and Morgan in it so we can share the word and get other people to really um, understand and be educated um, on this topic. That's so important to me. You will be helping my mission. You'll be helping Morgan's mission as well. So until next time, I will see you do that.